years and years ago when I was in, in seminary and after a, an intramural game, uh, one of my white peers said to me, I, I want to pay you a compliment. And his compliment was, quote, I consider you to be an Oreo. I got very quiet at that point, so much so that my African-American roommate wondered what I was going to say or how I would react. And when I finally did react after, though I would never advise you to use the word with me, you would have been better off to have used the N-word because at least in your mind, you would have been acknowledging my ethnicity. But when you called me an Oreo, what you really were saying was that I was trying to be something that I am not. And if you're not certain what I'm right. talking about, an Oreo is black on the outside and white on the inside. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson on the Charisma Podcast Network. Today we continue our special series on healing the soul of America and the West with Presbyterian Reformed Ministries International, or PRMI. PRMI's executive director is with us today, Dr. Brad Long. He's leading this series, and his guest is Bishop Dr. James Logan. He's back again with us from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Dr. Long is on the line from Black Mountain. So we have two North Carolinians with us again, so it's our privilege. And in case you haven't heard the first show in this series, Dr. Long is executive director of PRMI and has been since 1966. And Bishop James Logan is founder of Jim Logan Evangelistic Ministry. He's founder and senior pastor of Kingdom Fellowship Christian Center and founder and presiding bishop of Kingdom Fellowship of Churches International. He's also a professor and department head at Charlotte Christian College and Theological Seminary. So Dr. Long and Bishop Logan, welcome once again to Charisma Connection. Uh, thank you, Chris. And I need to uh, just make a slight correction. Oh, okay. It started in 1990. Oh, pardon me. Because if I had been executive director since 1966, I'd be a preaching Methuselah. <laughs> I think I think that's uh, when that's when we were founded. Yes, yes got started. We were, so pardon me. Yes, yes, we were started as Presbyterian Charismatic Communion. <laughs> ah, right. Okay, and you've retained a little of that flavor, haven't you? Oh, very, very, very much. So. <laughs> yes, yes, certainly. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Long, could you please remind our listeners how this series ties into your prayer initiative called "Healing the Soul of America and the West," and why America and the West? Yes, that, that's a really good question. Well, it seems that right now, in 2020, uh, that our nation, the United States, is under massive assault. Uh, there are movements that are trying to destroy and replace our very Judeo-Christian foundations. And a lot of the wounding that has taken place in the past has to do with racial injustice. There's the past slavery, uh, but also there's the past of the Jim Crow laws that were passed in the South 
after the abolition of slavery. And that has left a deep wound in that is in desperate need of healing. Now, we always add the West because it's not just the United States that is based on these Judeo-Christian foundations, but rather most of the English-speaking world. Uh, Great Britain, for instance, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, other parts of the world too. And in a way, all of these nations have, we bear a common, let's say, common wounding from participation in the slave trade and participation in racial injustice. And so that's why we always add the West. It's not just the United States in this. Does that help? Yes, that makes perfect sense. So your focus is on healing the wounds from racial injustice, both past and present. So the past clearly informs the present, especially for African Americans in this nation. Could you spell that out for us? Bishop Logan, would you like to take that? Uh, Yes, I'd be happy to. I think right now, as we are uh, recording this podcast, there are a lot of events that are happening in our nation in particular that really highlight the the urgency of addressing this question. Uh, it, it's been primarily focused on what is perceived as unequal justice and uh, abuse of authority at the hands of uh, police departments and uh, a number of black lives that uh, have been taken at the hands of police and uh, the fact that in terms of serving justice in those instances, uh, it's, it's not equal at all. Uh, that is sort of the, the, the modern or right now the, the current state in which we find ourselves, but it, its roots really go back to uh, the the vestiges of slavery uh, in particular and emancipation and Jim Crow that followed. Uh, some of it is sociological, but all of it has its roots in sin and is primarily a spiritual problem, which really uh, ne- uh, elevates the necessity of this prayer initiative that uh, PM, uh, PRMI is uh, uh, leading. Well, very yeah. good. I wonder if both of you would like to share your personal experiences of how you've dealt with racism and how those wounds are, are with you today. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, well. Would you like for me to begin? Sure. Yeah, this kind of gets personal, doesn't it, uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and I, 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 actually, I actually would kind of uh, like to share a, a bit of a, a current situation that uh, we are experiencing with a nephew of mine uh, hmm. who is just uh, around 30 years old and had a couple roommates uh, at his house. Uh, he was working. They were paying him rent. And uh, one of them asked him to do a favor for them. And uh, when somebody came by the house to, do, you know, to give them a box that he had, well, uh, that box had drugs in, in it. And he was arrested as a result of that. The drugs, the young man to whom the drugs belonged uh, was a white young man. And their treatment.
said in terms of how justice was meted out was completely different. They did. They got accused of of basically the same things, but their sentence, their uh, actual charges were different. Their sentences were different. Uh, my nephew, this happened when he was like 20 or 21. Nine years later, he has not been able to get it expunged from his record. Uh, the, the the white young man has gone on to start a business and things of this nature. Now, there's a lot of pieces of that that we don't have time to go into, but within the African-American community, there are a plethora of situations like that that fuel the perception, uh, real or imagined, uh, but perception nonetheless that justice is unequal in the African-American community. And we're seeing that acted out now uh, you know, as yes. the grand jury came back in in Louisville uh, in the Brianna Brianna Taylor uh, case. Well, and and Bishop Logan, um, I think if I can bring it up, that a lot of white people don't really have much of an awareness of this from from the African American perspective. But I tell you what, I I really experienced this in our in our healing in the event that we did at the community of the cross sponsored by prmi in which we were dealing with these topics and we had a lovely lady who has been a part of prmi's ministry for a long time she's been a part of our healing healing prayer ministry anointed filled with the holy spirit absolutely a, a wonderful christ-like lady who's actually very fit. She is a YMCA fitness instructor, an African-American, and she had the terrible, shattering experience of out doing exercise and a, a white person man in a, a pickup truck while holding up his cell phone, apparently videotaping it, swerved and actually hit her with his mirror. and the wounding of this was not just a physical wounding, but a shattering of her where she experienced this this blatant expression of racism. It had when she shared that uh, with us, it was kind of a devastating experience for all of us, white and black, as we were praying together and we had to pray for her. And that was a glimpse for me into stuff I've personally never experienced. Yeah, and I, I, I think it, it, it bears um, pointing out that for her, she tied it back to her family having flown a Black Lives Matters flag in, in front of their house in a community that they have lived in for a number of years, know all the neighbors, and it sort of sparked off some uh, really ugly feelings and actions towards her and her family, and then sort of the climax of this was the incident yes, that, that yes. you just recounted. Uh, and these are types of things that happen all over uh, the country, and I think also in the West in general. And I think you're right, Brad, that a lot of whites really have no real understanding or even knowledge that these things are happening. And I think that that's one of the issues that we have to deal with in terms of 
how do we begin to heal the soul of America? Uh, because yes. the reason that there's this this lack of knowledge is that there is such a separation between the races, even though segregation has officially ended. Right, right, right. At least legally, but not in our hearts yet. Right. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, we and and I, I think from my perspective. I'm most concerned with the body of Christ that yes. Jesus prayed yes. would be one, even as he and the Father are one, that the body of Christ is so fragmented. I, I cannot tell you how how grieved I, I am over that, and it has multiple levels. And I'm yes, not even does. suggesting that there are not uh, that there are not the differences uh, that are okay. Uh, you know, I, I like to tell my congregation, and, and I can't take credit for it. I'm not sure who originally said it, but different is not deficient. It's just different. And we can celebrate our godly differences yes, and yes, our can. godly differences that are okay. It's 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 when we delve into the expectation of homogeneity and the homogeneity is based upon somebody's uh, ungodly idea that we really begin to encounter difficulty. Right, right. Well, well, you know, I, I'm coming from the white perspective, and my heart is, is I'm grieved, too, for the church of Jesus Christ. It has to start in the body of Messiah, in the body of Christ, and then we can impact society. But, but, I've, you know, I've, I've never been a, uh, I grew up without racial prejudice. Uh, actually, as I shared other times, my prejudice was poor Japanese. <laughs> That's another whole story because I spent a long time in South Korea and in China where I saw the horrible things that happened to the Japanese, to the, to the Chinese and Koreans. I speak Chinese. So that's, that was where I had racial prejudice was toward the Japanese. Um, and I had to forgive them. Well, but but for myself, I experienced this racial prejudice a little bit from a different angle in that, um, well, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell about it, but it was uh, back when I was in college and I had this African-American roommate and uh, I was part of a fraternity and my fraternity brothers broke in one night, in the middle of the night, and they started to try to paint my roommate black. I mean, no, no, not black, paint him white. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Well, I jumped up. I jumped up, and I'm a black belt in karate. And I took a number of them out. Um, I mean, and, and the thing that hit me. Oh, you, 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 got, all, you got all Chuck Norris on them, <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> well, you see, I'd grown up in South Korea. I had a black belt in karate. But anyway, I, I took them out. And I must, you know, broke some ribs and everything. And they ran. But as they ran away, they cursed me with the word, you are a blank, blank in lover. And all of a sudden, as we're praying at our, at our prayer meeting that we're having uh, not long ago, with the Holy Spirit following me, all of a sudden that memory came back to me. And I realized that that was a curse that had been spoken against me. And I think there was actually a demonic spirit in me of, of uh, resentment 
that was hatred maybe. And I'll tell you what, I received healing from that. And I think there was a odd way in which that was a barrier in me to breaking down and to moving in to pass these racial barriers. Uh, so this racial wounding has many layers to it. It's complicated, but the it's good news. The good news is it's through Jesus Christ. He's our only way of healing in this. Well, and, and there's another element to, to this, and Brad, you and I have talked about this uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, oftentimes uh, as we work towards healing in, in these areas, uh, the burden unequally will fall sometimes on African-Americans to educate our white counterparts, you know, and and sometimes that that can become burdensome to the point where a lot of African Americans just don't want to do it any longer. Uh, for instance, let me let me give you an example of that. There there was a time years and years ago when I was in in seminary, and after an, an intramural game, uh, one of my white peers said to me. I want to pay you a compliment. And his compliment was, quote, I consider you to be an Oreo. I got very quiet at that point, so much so that my African-American roommate wondered what I was going to say or how I would react. And when I finally did react after the young man had said, uh, did I say something wrong? I said to him, well, Though I would never advise you to use the word with me, you would have been better off to have used the N-word because at least in your mind, you would have been acknowledging my ethnicity. But when you called me an Oreo, what you really were saying was that I was trying to be something that I am not. And if you're not certain what right. I'm talking about, an Oreo is black on the outside and white on the inside. To which he got quiet for a moment, and I really felt like, you know, I want a brother here. I, uh, I, I helped him to work his way through to understand what he had said, and he finally came back and said, well, what I really meant to say was that I consider you to be middle class, at which point oh. I just said, thank you and went on about my business because obviously <laughs> I had not gotten through to him. Right. That's something that, that happens very frequently. And I think some kind of way, when you hear people talking about what white America needs to do, it's kind of that thing that they're, they're talking about. Both parties need to have an equal investment in this. Right. Uh, and and we, and we need to learn how to listen, don't we? Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm that's very biblical. The, the Bible says to, to do what? To be to, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Uh, and we do have to learn how to listen to each, each other's stories uh, without necessarily making value judgments about them, but really seeking for understanding. Uh, God made us who we are. And God didn't Amen. make a mistake Amen. and made us who Amen. we are. So who are we to... Well, these to, are... I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. That's fine. I was going to say these are really powerful personal stories that you all are, are sharing. 
I want to look into the news a little bit. We are seeing Black Lives Matter, BLM everywhere, uh, Antifa at the forefront of unrest in some of our cities. And we keep hearing about peaceful protests, but sometimes we see anarchy in the streets. Could you speak to that for us? Uh, I know that... um, Bishop Logan, you spoke very clearly about Black Lives Matter the last time that we met on this podcast. But what may be happening in the spiritual realm here that we need to look at? Well, that that and, and Brad, you, you'll want to respond to that too, particularly as it relates to, to the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare. Uh, let me let me just, Chris, respond to it uh, historically a little bit. the The civil rights movement was a very powerful movement. There was within and is within the quarters of our society the feeling that the goals and the aims of the civil rights movement have been achieved, uh, which is anything but the truth. And what we've seen happen over the, the years is that other organizations have latched on to the civil rights movement and expanded the goals and aims of the civil rights movement to encompass their particular goals and aims. Uh, we, we saw that with the, the, the LGBTQ uh, movement that it wasn't called that at that time. We're now seeing the same thing happening with Black Lives movement uh, or the Black Lives issue and uh, Antifa and the radical elements of the Black Lives Movement. Now, last time that we spoke, I made a distinction between the concern of Black Lives Matters. I think we can all agree that Black Lives Matters, but we made a distinction between the issue and the movement. The movement itself is, and the, the founders of it are, are very forward in, in saying that Uh, They are trained Marxists, and so they have Marxist ideology underpinning it, but then they also have witchcraft underpinning it because they really draw on the worship of ancestors. And then on top of that, we see Antifa uh, that has latched hold of the Black Lives Movement where they could not really get any traction on their own but saw the opportunity to gain great traction with the attention that was given to the Black Lives Movement. Most people, Christians included, do not understand the underlying agenda of the enemy in all of this. And unless you go, like, say, to their website or perhaps to certain news sources, you may not understand it. Exactly. I would contend that Black Lives Matter, the movement is actually a like a Trojan horse. It, on the surface, it looks like a gift to bring justice, to really deal with issues of racial injustice, to bring peace and unity, to restore the soul of America. In fact, I noticed that even the Democratic Party platform uh, has a piece called Healing of America's Soul, in which they point to Black Lives Matter and so forth. So all that's, all that's positive. The problem is it's a Trojan horse 
for this radical ideology of uh, Marxism, who's in, and then mixed with witchcraft and the occult, and the purpose, the ultimate purpose, is to destroy the entire system, to tear it down, burn it down, and replace it now with an alternative. Uh, and this grows out of what's called the Marxist Hegelian dialectic, and it gets kind of complicated. But what's happening is, is that this is unleashing into our nation uh, the high-level demonic spirits of anarchy, of lawlessness, of of death, and this will not lead to healing. In fact, it's going to bring more and more division. And so this is a extraordinarily dangerous thing, we believe, that's going on. And the church has got to step up and speak God's word to it. Yes. Exactly. And, 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 and Chris, this, this puts Christians in a very difficult place, and not just mm. the white Christians, but African-American Christians, because the moment you bring criticism against the Black Lives Movement, you risk being labeled uh, a, a bigot, uh, anti, you know, all of those negative labels that immediately get attached. And I think we have to recognize that that, that is classic deception, which is yes. the, the, chief, the chief weapon in our enemy's arsenal. It's already happening to well, us, but, actually. We, we've been accused of being racist. <laughs> we've had people right. leave, leave our mailing list. Uh, I've had people very angry at me because we dared to to expose what's underneath these these dangerous movements. Bishop Logan, do you see hope for our nation and for our cities? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, hope is one of the things that that we we have and we have to have as as believers. Uh, we do not believe that uh, the enemy will have the upper hand and that he will win the day. But in order for that to happen, it's going to take Christians uh, going on the offensive. We have been guilty in the past of being reactive rather than being proactive. Amen. Amen. As believers, we have to begin to become proactive. Uh, we, We cannot leave these issues for the world to decide. I mean, the world's going to do what it's going to do, but the church should have a higher standard, and certainly we have a a stronger expectation on the part of our Lord of how we are to live and move. And I believe with that, that that we really do have a solution in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The world's Absolutely. solutions are not solutions at all. Now, now, I think the model for us, though, in at least dealing with the realm of civil society and government and rights and so forth, is Martin Luther King and the righteous civil rights movement. That their purpose was very different than what we're seeing on the streets today. Their purpose yeah, was not to tear down the system, but rather to uphold the founding principles of, upon which this country was established. 
You know what, Brad, somebody pointed out today that one of the things that never happened uh, with Martin and the civil rights movement and protests, those protests were never done at night. They were yes, always in the light right. of day. That's and they right. they were always peaceful. That's right. Um, I mean, peaceful the, on the part of the protesters. Uh, uh, not and those who were trying to oppose them. <laughs> right. And that, that's, a, that's a strong difference between the two. And I think the other thing, it's interesting that, that I, I hear a lot of people beyond the body of Christ talking about the, the I have a dream speech and, and Martin's speech. And I think that we have to recognize that that was a, a prophetic word that he gave that has yet to be fully realized. That's yet correct. we should continue to work towards it. And the way to fulfill it, though, is not to go with a Marxist idea of destroying the entire system, but rather, as Martin Luther King himself says, uh, that we need to rise up and that this nation will live out the true meaning of its creed, that we hold these truths self-evident, that all men are created equal. And that is the, the basis of hope. And of course, of course, I mean, he... What he's talking about is a biblical vision of, of racial justice, of a biblical vision of justice, not social justice. And so what's so incredible is, is that basically uh, Martin Luther King is speaking to white people and black, all people, and giving us the basis right. in which there can be true healing. And uh, whereas we see the Black Lives Matter taking us in a completely different direction. Right. Well, I'm going to step in here because our time is about up. <laughs> the clock is not our friend today. <laughs> wait, wait, we need to give Bishop Logan the last word on this, not me, okay? <laughs> okay, well, I was going to ask Bishop Logan if he would lead us in prayer on this important topic, but if you'd like to conclude with another remark, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please respond to what I just said, uh, Bishop Logan. Well, the, the the only thing that I was going to add to that at at, at all was was simply that uh, there are powerful elements that are at work trying to discredit uh, everything about the United States, uh, its uh, questioning its foundations, vis-a-vis uh, -vis the sixteen nineteen project and things of that nature. All of it to, uh, as as uh, fuel uh, for their goal, which is to tear it down. That uh, the United States was quote unquote illegitimate right from the very start. Uh, that the founders of uh, their their particular uh, goals and aims were dishonest from the very start. And I think as believers, we have to understand that this is all a part of our enemy strategy. The Apostle Paul says that we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. Uh, my experience as a pastor for all of these decades is that the average Christian is absolutely clueless when it comes to the strategy of the enemy. And so what we are really dealing with is high level, perhaps highest level uh, spiritual warfare. And as believers, we can no longer 
uh, not just be silent, but be complacent. But we have to become active and working towards the elimination of all this using the authority that we have been given in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Bishop Logan, would you lead us in prayer as we close out this important podcast today? Certainly. Dear Jesus, we are so thankful that in you we are able to live, move, and have our being. Thankful that you knew that we would be at this place even before the foundations of the world. Thankful that you are not surprised by any of it. You're not caught off guard by any of it. Also thankful that you have um, the words of life, that you have the solution. You are the solution. And so we pray, oh God, that for those of us who name ourselves by your name, for those of us who claim to be part of your blood-washed, blood-bought body, that you would empower us yet again with your Holy Spirit to begin to be the change agents uh, that is so necessary in this day and this age. And Lord, let that begin with us. In the words of your servant, the Apostle Paul, enable us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but instead to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. You know our weaknesses. You know our blind spots. You know the areas of our lives that you desire to transform. We surrender all of those to you, and we invite you, O oh God, to enliven us with your spirit, to point out to us those places that we might be transformed by your word and by your power. And for that, O oh God, we give you thanks, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. Thank you for this podcast and this opportunity. Thank you for the ministry of PRMI. Thank you for uh, all that you're doing and all that you will do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you both, Bishop Logan and Dr. Long, for joining us today for another episode of Healing the Soul of America and the West with Presbyterian Reformed Ministries International, or PRMI. You can go to prmi.org to learn more about Presbyterian Reformed Ministries International. And uh, we appreciate both of you for being with us today. Thank you. What a wonderful time. Amen. Yes, indeed, and, and much to think about, much to think about. So we will uh, continue this series, Healing the Soul of America and the West. Be sure to watch for that and listen back to the first one if you haven't been able to do that with our same guests, Dr. Long and Bishop Logan. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection, and be sure to go and check out our Charisma Podcast Network. If you're not familiar with it, we have... Over 100 shows now on our network. A new one is called Awaken the Wonder with evangelist Caleb Wampler. Uh, Caleb has been on Charisma Connection, and we want you to uh, go and take a look and learn about his ministry around the world where he's seeing healings, miracles, salvations. Awaken the Wonder at cpnshows.com. 
Thank you for listening to Charisma Connection today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 